Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 41, Having a Secure Attachment to Life. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Changeable. Um, On today's episode, I want to talk about safety and um, safety nets (laughs) and security and attachment. And attachment is such an old paradigm word. It's funny. I haven't said that in a really long time. But there's something about uh, this idea of psychological attachment, which I'll talk about, um, that really parallels what what we look at in this new paradigm. And um, I think it'll be a fun thing to explore. So this whole topic, this whole thing of safety and safety nets and and all of that um, came up because I'm at the tail end of leading a six-week uh, course of the Little School of Big Change. So um, a few weeks ago, we were in week, maybe the end of week one, maybe week two, I don't know, really early on in the course. I said something on one of the calls that just came out of my mouth. I didn't think much of it. I was just kind of talking. And um, it was one of those moments where I could see my screen. I could see all the little faces on Zoom, right? A couple hundred little faces on my screen and all these little boxes. And I'm just talking and whatever. And all of a sudden, I see like everyone's expression change. I see mouths drop open and eyes like shoot wide open. And I had to stop and think, okay, what did I just say? I just said something that struck a chord, right? Well, it turns out um, I said something along the lines of life being safe. I said that um, our our experience of life is incredibly safe, that our design, our human design is full of safety nets so that we, um, that we're always okay, you know, that there's a lot of security to be had. Now, admittedly, it was way too early. I didn't think, I didn't plan to say that. It just kind of, you know, it was in the context of whatever else I was talking about. So we hadn't even talked in the course yet about, um, about where our experience of life comes from. So for many people who were brand new to this a week prior, uh, it still looked like life came from out there. You know, so they would look and say, are you kidding me? Life out there is safe. Bad things are happening all the time. You know, just watch the news. It's dangerous out there. It's scary out there. So I totally get uh, how it can look that way. And especially when we hadn't yet looked at the fact that our experience of life comes from thought being brought to life within us moment by moment by moment. The physical world, not always safe to our physicalness. That's true. To our physical bodies, bad things can happen to our body. Um, Things happen to the machinery all the time. You know, things happen to our property. Things happen out in the world. So yeah, I mean, stuff happens, but that stuff isn't... um, inherently anything. It isn't inherently bad. It isn't inherently scary. It takes a human mind with thought moving through it at all times to to experience it as good or bad or neutral or whatever. So anyway, we were, um, 
it was too early and I saw the shock. And what what this really did though was was remind me, oh yeah, life doesn't look safe to people. Like I think maybe I had kind of forgotten that. Um and when I think about life too, I mean I'm I'm personally just been in this understanding of it and knowing I'm feeling my thinking and it, not that I know that or feel, you know, understand that all the time by any stretch, but, um, but there's less of a, less of a hanging on what happens out there. And there's more just being attuned to something deeper within me. And so um, it reminded me that it wasn't always that way for me either. And that it's not that way for the average person. We are so, and it's not that way for me a lot of the time either right now today. So we're so sensory and physical and our attention and our thinking and our eyes and everything are just drawn out around us. And... um it was it was great to kind of be reminded of that. So so I want to say a bit about what I mean when I talk about uh, our design being full of safety nets. So the way it looks is that again, we we humans are totally okay, totally in the middle of sitting in the middle of perfect mental health, as Sidney Banks said, um, all is well, everything's okay. And, and we have this amazing gift, this amazing ability to experience anything imaginable and a whole lot that we can't imagine yet. So we have the ability to experience anything. And that experience comes to us through thought brought to life moment by moment by moment. Now, as that experience moves through us, it's always changing, always changing. And our health isn't, our, our uh, groundedness, whatever you want to call that, our, our kind of, um, our stability maybe, who people say who we are, our essence, I don't know. But there's something, I talked about this a lot in the Drishti episode, I don't remember which number it is, but there's, there's, there's a sense, there's a consciousness, there's an awareness, there's a there's an us there. And this is all just illustration and metaphor, so don't look for it. But, you know, just, just trying to describe and help help you get a feel for this. There's an us there that that's always okay and that doesn't change. And then there's all kinds of stuff that's constantly changing. So the stuff that constantly changes, I mean, that's that's like that's our experience of life. That's what happens. That's what we think. It's what we feel. It's our habits. It's our progress. It's our, you know, everything you can imagine. All that big influx, dramatic, emotional stuff. All that awesome stuff that we get to experience. It comes up. It's brought to life. We feel it in bigger little ways all the time. And then it washes away moment to moment to moment. It comes up. It's brought up. We feel it. We often identify with it. And then it washes away every single time over and over and over again for our entire lives. And no matter what that stuff is that comes up, hits us, is brought to life within us, that we feel, that we feel physically, emotionally, mentally, we think about it, we have images in our minds, like all of that, we act on it, 
huge, incredible experience that comes up, is brought to life and washes away, whatever that is, it it doesn't leave a mark. We're always okay beneath it. We may not always know that. We may not always feel that. But we are, just by nature, we are okay. We can always feel our health. We can always get back to it. Now, I don't mean we can always feel it in any given moment, but what I mean by that is that our health hasn't gone anywhere. So our ability to be at peace never goes anywhere. Our ability to relax, to have a peaceful mind, to have new thoughts and insights and helpful ideas, you can't get rid of that. I'd say that's pretty awesome. Like that's that's a really amazing feature of our human design. It's a huge safety net. No matter what you do, you can't you can't erase your ability to be at peace. You can't erase or mark up or mess up or damage your ability to have a brand new thought, to to think something or see something that you didn't think or see before that's helpful. You can't it can't go anywhere. And no matter what's coming up, the little stuff and the big stuff. So when the worst happens, when someone dies, when our life takes a turn that we never, ever, ever wanted or expected or saw coming, when we're criticized, when we fail at something, all of that, it comes up, it's brought to life, and then it washes away and it doesn't leave a permanent mark. That's what I mean when I talk about our design having this enormous safety net. The worst thing that can happen to us is an experience because nothing else can be touched. Only experience changes. So if the worst thing that can happen to us is an experience, and if our experience is always changing on its own and it and it can't permanently damage us. Now, we can think it can. We can think it did. We can hold on to it. We can replay painful experience. We all do this, not on purpose, but we find ourselves there. It's just part of being human. That's all possible, but that's a very, very different thing than than believing that we've been damaged by some trauma or some event or some criticism or anything that's ever happened. We can't be. We have this feeling, this guidance system, right, that shows us, shows us when thought is being brought to life within us. Now, thought is always being brought to life within us, but it's like the more we can, we can kind of see this is just another piece of that safety net, another safety that's built into our design that it is brought to our attention when we're caught up in our heads, when we're caught up in thinking about life rather than being in life. So when you have an idea that you aren't good enough or that you failed or that that shouldn't have happened or that things should be different, those are all ideas. They, they can't be truths. If trees and squirrels don't experience those truths because they don't have human minds that think that stuff, I don't know how they can be true for us. Like when I'm pretty sure when a tornado or a hurricane comes through, the trees don't say this shouldn't be happening. 
you need a mind to do that. <laughs> and 7.7 billion minds are going to tell 7.7 billion stories. So I'm pretty sure our one interpretation, our one judgment of shouldn't be happening, isn't right, uh, you know, can't be, like that can't be the truth. It's just how thought's expressing itself through us in that moment. And when we feel bad, when we feel heavy, when we don't feel well, when life is hard, when we notice ourselves resisting, it's an amazing safety net. It's showing us, hey, you don't have to go this way anymore. You're thinking something and you're thinking that your thinking is true. You're just caught up in your head. Awesome safety net. There is so much wisdom, so much common sense, even in the middle of the hugest thought storm, this, you know, just complete confusion to know that when that settles down and that it must settle down at some point, it will settle down. And even before it settles down, don't take that too literally, like you have to feel calm first. At any point, there is enormous wisdom and common sense right there waiting, always, by default, by definition, by design. I mean, that's like saying that, you know, it is saying that any problem any of us ever, ever find ourselves in in life, right on the other side of that problem is a solution. That as soon as we stop fighting and resisting and scrambling and trying so hard ourselves to fix the problem, we're, we're going to fall into a solution. Now, I think where this gets a little uh, misconstrued at times is that we have lots of thoughts and ideas that are completely made up about what we think the solution is going to look like. So, you know, if you're, if you're deciding between, you know, which city to move to, you want the solution to look like a clear sign pointing you to one city. Well, that's not always how the solution looks. Sometimes the solution looks like something falls through. Sometimes the solution looks like you don't get your first choice and the choice is made for you. I don't know what the solution is going to look like, but again, <laughs> the tree wouldn't care. The squirrel wouldn't care. I mean, this is, this is a, a human mind created problem, right? As they all are. So to know another safety net built into our design, to know that no matter how turned around we get, how confused we get, how lost we feel, that when that all unravels and settles down, and it must, everything we're looking for is right there waiting. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty secure <laughs> and safe as I as I even unpack this. So, so the attachment part. So, here's what's interesting. You might ask and maybe you're not because maybe it's obvious, but but one might ask, okay, that's all well and good, <laughs> but what does that do for me? Now, in fairness, if you're asking that, you're not really seeing what I'm saying, most likely, and that's totally fine. That's totally okay. When we really get on to, wow, this is our design, you know, you probably you probably know what it does for you. But but it's an okay question. So let's just look at that for a second. So so well, well okay, fine. So our our design is really safe. We feel stuff. It doesn't kill us. It doesn't leave a mark. We bounce back. Uh, our feelings are there to show us when we're going too far so we can kind of let go and bounce back faster. All of that's wonderful. Now, how does that help me in my everyday life? 
And how it helps you in your everyday life is that you get to fully live. You end up with a feeling of safety, security. This is how I see it anyway. I'm not saying everyone is going to see it or feel it this way, but this is this is what I've seen is that we we end up so far less worried, so far less um, thinking that what we do out in the world is super important and has these major consequences that are going to affect our happiness because you see it doesn't work that way. We end up with much, much larger lives. And by that, I mean, we try things, we explore, we fail all the time because why not? We allow ourselves to feel. We don't resist and push away and run from feeling because we know what they are and how they work. We don't hide in habits and addictions. And I don't mean that we're ever, ever consciously, purposely hiding. And I don't at all mean to to say that that's a weak thing. It's just a misunderstanding thing. But when we understand and when we see who we are more and more and we see more about this this safe design, this amazing design that we have, we just feel more and more healthy and more and more free. It's really, it's really simple. It's really kind of common and practical in that sense. And what it always made me think of, and I just thought of this a couple years ago, is um, some research that I studied in graduate school around attachment styles. So there are attachment styles. uh, There's some of this around adults and relationship attachment styles. And there's a lot of the really famous research on attachment um, was with children. And so there are three, I think there are four now, but they're kind of similar. Three major sort of attachment styles, let's say, that they've identified. So um, you can be, children can be securely attached to their caregivers. They can be um, avoidant or they can be anxious. So what they would do is bring these kids into a lab and with their parents, I think usually just with their mother. So bring them in with their mom. Um, the kids kind of play. They're close to their parent, right? Close to their caregiver. And then a person who... Uh, who works for the research team would come in and and tell the kid, hey, I have a really cool toy that you're really going to like. It's just over in the other room. Why don't you come with me? And the children who were securely attached, we'll just start with that one because that's the healthy one. Most often they would look to their parent as as kind of like, are you coming with me? <laughs> and the researcher would say, no, your mom's going to stay here. Why don't you just come over with me? And, and, you know, these are kids of, I don't know, maybe three. So there'd be a little bit of hesitation often, a little like, mm, really, you're not going to come, mom, this is okay, you know? And then the mom is like, no, go ahead, you know? And, and so the child would go without a big deal. They'd go, they'd play with the toy after they kind of had checked it out with mom. They'd go over, play with the toy. And when they came back into the room, they would, now um, don't take this too literally, but they would do something that was classified as um, run back over to their mom to kind of rejoin. So let's reconnect. Hey, listen to this toy, how cool it was in the other room. Or 
run over and give her a hug or something to kind of reestablish that connection. That's what they saw in children who were securely attached. They felt safe going away a little bit. They were safe to explore. They were safe to do things. They could leave a little bit. They could leave home base and come back to home base. They could do that because they had been raised by this theory anyway with that level of kind of um, bonding and security at home where they knew that their parent was there for them, where they were safe to do those things and that they always had a safe place to come back to. So um, the other attachment styles, the anxious attachment was like, you know, uh, no, you're not ripping me away from my mom. And they would cling to her leg and scream and cry and refuse to go anywhere. And the avoidant, uh, they'd be out the door before the question was even finished. So they didn't look to mom to say, hey, is this okay? They're okay, take me. You know, they'd take the re- go to the researcher, take me wherever you want to take me. And when they came back in the room, there wasn't necessarily a, a rejoining and a reconnecting. And sometimes there was even a bit of like a punishment of the, you know, like I'm, I'm not talking to you right now type of thing. So this is all by memory, by the way, from years ago. So please don't quote me on this, but just go for the overall idea. But, you know, I think it's so, so fascinating to see how in that case with psychological attachment with children, how the way that we're come that we're we're brought up the that way that we feel at home and we trust and we feel safe it allows us to go off and explore and do things and i think most importantly know that no matter what we feel whatever we get into whatever happens there's a safe place to come back to Do you see the parallel? I mean, this is exactly what this understanding, this new paradigm has done for me and so many others in terms of how, what this means for our lives. When you know that the worst that can happen to you is an experience and experience is always coming and going, when you know that calm and peace and solutions and all of that are right there, no matter what you're feeling, you don't hide from life. You don't hide from your feelings in the same way. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm not saying you don't want to hide. I'm not saying you don't sometimes hide, but that's different. It's different. You know, there's there's a safe home base to come back to and you know it. And so life gets bigger in that sense. So I don't know. I love seeing things like this. <laughs> I love seeing how um something that shows up in one part of life, like in psychology and children's attachment to their parents, has a parallel in in this gigantic, huge, formless, hard to describe stuff that we talk about in terms of how we are designed, how we work as human beings. I just love that. Um, it, it makes it feel, it just makes sense. You know, it just makes it, makes more sense that way. Um, and it just feels really right. So think about that. Like, I think, again, going back full circle to the, the faces, uh, the shock, <laughs> the horror there, this, the, this woman is crazy looks that I got when I suggested that life is safe. I know that in just a few short weeks, all of those faces look very different when I would say this now. And it's just, just a matter of, of seeing a little bit under the hood seeing more about how we really do work and and think about the benefit, I mean, the implications of knowing 
that we're okay, of having this secure attachment to life. It's just like having wonderful parents that loved and supported you, but maybe even better. (laughs) So um, yeah, I hope this is a helpful conversation. I love talking about this stuff. And bonus, I got to use my psychology training first time in maybe a decade. So thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll see you in the next episode.